Welcome to the Short-Term Rentals Podcast. Here we share all of the latest news, opinion and intelligence from across the burgeoning short-term vacation rental space, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name is Paul Stevens, editor of Short-Term Rentals and host of this week's episode. For episode 37 of the Short-Term Rentals Podcast, we catch up with Luke Wojarski, co-founder and head of growth at outsourcing company Extenteam, to learn more about why businesses are leveraging remote workers, how the pandemic has changed the outsourcing formula, and what remote working will look like in five years from now. This episode is kindly sponsored by Flywire and NoiseAware. Welcome to the Short Term Rentals podcast, Luke. It's great to have you on board for this podcast and as a regular contributor to our website for the foreseeable future. So do you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself, uh, Extend Team and the services you provide in the short term rental industry? Uh, sure, Paul. Uh, great to be here. Excited to be a part of this podcast. I'll tell you a little bit about uh, Extend Team. So uh, over at Extend Team, uh, we are the premier outsourcer specialized in the property management industry, which includes vacation homes, short-term rental operators, as well as traditional real estate categories, uh, property management categories in terms of multifamily apartments. And uh, we are very much full service, meaning that we recruit the talent, uh, but also help manage and cultivate our partners' remote workforce in terms of the payroll, benefits, training, and overall team uh, member retention. And our, I would say, our laser focus on the industry allows us to really deliver a unique value proposition in terms of the remote talent that we uh, source and cultivate for our partners, but also in terms of the value that we create for our team members. Um, the individuals that we assign to our partners have a passion and affinity for the industry, so it's very much a career move for them when they join Extend Team. And well, with all of that, we've uh, really grown in leaps and bounds over the last uh, two years, uh, specifically. Uh, uh, around the pandemic and we now support over 70 unique uh, property management brands uh, with just under 200 team members now under management. So uh, it's been quite the ride. That's, that's great to hear Luke and um, something we touched on um, early this year uh, and again we're going to do throughout the podcast is about the um, we recently published the State of the U.S. Accommodations Workforce Report 2022 Predictions and Guidance. So we're going to touch on that really within the next few questions. Firstly, I'm going to start off with um, you work with property managers and we've often heard about how property management is a, a local and hyper, hyper local focused business. So why do you think now is the time to be leveraging remote workers? Yeah, you're absolutely absolutely right, Paul. I mean, property management is very much a local business. You know, I mean, there's clearly some of the exceptions in terms of Vacasa and V trips that are scaling beyond uh, kind of individual markets. But 
uh, for the most part, uh, the vacation home short-term rental operators that we work with and that we see in the market are very much focused on uh, specific geographies, which uh, almost ironically, you know, when it comes to particularly with the leisure stuff, is that uh, in those markets, it, it has become increasingly difficult to source uh, good talent in terms of, you know, people with the skill sets that our partners need to support their guest services, reservations, functions, their marketing, payroll, uh, IT support, uh, but also in terms of, uh, the, which is the big issue right now, is with uh, retention and uh, keeping those individuals on hand uh, to ultimately help them grow their business. Um, so even though it is a, a local business, um, that added challenge in terms of workforce in the context of today's economy, uh, particularly in the United States here where we have uh, a, a tremendous labor shortage, um, uh, has opened up the door, so to speak, to you know, look elsewhere in terms of geography uh, for those critical roles. And ultimately, because the tools are there, right, in terms of the technology processes and procedures to effectively leverage a, a global workforce. And that's even for smaller operators, not just the Vacasas of the world, but, you know, smaller um, uh, property management groups that uh, require uh, unique skill sets that they just can't find locally. And... I'm wondering what you think of this, and what do you think are the maybe the um, noticeable advantages and or disadvantages of this um, outsourcing model you talk about? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I think that you know we touched on some of the advantages, right, in terms of access to talent. Uh, Cost in terms of yes, uh, you know there are some direct cost savings in terms of you know, hourly rate, etc. But also in terms of uh, indirect costs associated with retaining uh, team members, uh, training team members. If you do it right, uh, the um, remote worker formula can definitely uh, reap considerable advantages. With that said, if you don't do it right, then there are definitely uh, disadvantages in terms of productivity, uh, data security, uh, connectivity in terms of you know, internet and all that stuff. And then also uh, just the softer or more the HR functions in terms of payroll and getting individuals paid. Uh, our team members are uh, based uh, out of the Philippines and increasingly in other geographies and uh, working with some of those local uh, kind of nuances in terms of employment stuff can uh, get tricky. So uh, really it's a matter of uh, doing it right and that's kind of where we've stepped in uh, to help the property management industry basically do that process right. So, um, you know, I don't want to sound too much like a commercial, but there's definitely some pitfalls that um, 
property managers need to think about when when sourcing remotely. Sure, and and how do you think the the pandemic um, has actually changed the the outsourcing formula? Whether we were looking back right to the very start of this in twenty nineteen, or um, or um, or as we as we've moved on, and I know you talked um, before in your in your first feature with us about the how the um, Omicron and the other variants emerging were going to be affecting this this trend. Yes, I mean I think that uh, our successes at Extend Team are really uh, mirror the um, broader situation that has developed over the last couple of years as a result of. Uh, not only outsourcing, but in terms of remote work and the momentum that is picked up uh, with, you know, clearly remote work going from an exception, going from going to a rule rather than exception now. And that's clearly playing out in bigger, uh, you know, urban markets in terms of empty offices in New York or what have you, or demand for traditional office space has kind of declined. So uh, that outsourcing formula kind of fits in with that larger trend. In short, it's really put it into uh, hyperdrive. And now, you know, as kind of the secondary uh, effects of the pandemic in terms of, you know, this whole idea of this great resignation where, uh, individuals kind of taken the last couple of years to really kind of rethink their priorities in terms of careers, what they value in terms of work-life balance, and ultimately what is available in terms of, uh, in terms of work and what it means for them has very much changed here in the United States for sure. And that has created uh, you know, additional gap in terms of uh in terms of sorry there's some noise here in the background but in terms of uh, um yeah exactly there you go for remote work right um uh the uh, uh what i was saying was that uh you know it's become harder and harder to fill roles that weren't necessarily a challenge before the pandemic and you know outsourcing and I guess more specifically offshoring has kind of stepped in to uh, fill some of those gaps if that makes sense. Mm. So I'm, I'm interested and my, my next question I guess is quite a broad one but I'm, I, I'm eager to, to hear what, what you have to say about this and it's really what remote work you think is going to look like five years from now um that that might be looking ahead to quite a long time in, in the travel landscape but how do you see it developing whether it comes down to our um our, our work choices the sorts of jobs that we go into um is it going to affect you know are, are we going to be going back into the office or is it going to be fully remote and also that that balance is, as you yourself mentioned just then, about the work-life balance and our choices. What, what do you think? Yeah, that's a great question, and um, <clears throat> you know, very much a moving target, uh, right? I would say that we have 
Uh, we are now kind of in this uh, honeymoon phase of remote work, let's say, uh, where we're coming off the pandemic and uh, all of a sudden remote work is okay, right? You can have a high profile job and make lots of money doing remote work. And, you know, we're seeing that play out in geographies like Mexico City, where we have, um, you know, folk from the United States coming and working in Mexico City, driving up prices in the city there is, uh, you know, more and more kind of uh, what are you, digital nomads uh, venture out uh, beyond, you know, their home and, and, and stuff like that. But I think that over time, particularly as we adjust to this new normal uh, with regards to remote work, what we'll see is um, that uh, first and foremost, companies will, companies and individuals will get much better and more efficient at doing the remote work thing. So those that model will continue to mature, um, which will, I think, be very beneficial for, for companies and maybe put a little bit more pressure on individuals to actually perform and produce uh, as they work virtually. And it's a global world now, right? So the competition will continue to increase, uh, you know, in terms of workforce globally. And uh, I think the skill sets that individuals will need to uh, have will definitely uh, evolve as well. And, you know, a lot of it will have to do with, you know, having the right connections and networks and value add skills uh, that go beyond what, you know, we traditionally value uh, in an employee in terms of, uh, you know, MBAs or, you know, degrees and things like that. It's going to be very much more skills focused and will also give individuals more freedom to kind of uh, do what they want, right? There won't be these kind of clearly defined roles like, um, I mean, to a degree, of course, you know, in terms of uh, these kind of fixed job types and more of a dynamic kind of, you know, create your own future type of a thing. So it'll become much more entrepreneurial, much more, uh, I think, competitive. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think overall, it'll, uh, it'll be, uh, uh, on the whole, a positive uh, for uh, the world, let's say. And uh uh, and for travel, too, I think that, uh, you know, you touched on travel, um, you know, co traditional corporate kind of business trips. You know, we're seeing a lot of, lot, you know, events coming back, right? So that's not, I don't think that's going away. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, still that face-to-face -face is very important. What that looks like, uh, you know, it's probably going to be some sort of hybrid approach, you know. Uh, where we have individuals working remote, but then also coming in for critical team meetings and, and things of that nature. Absolutely. And 
think it's noteworthy there that you say we're still in this honeymoon period for remote working, which sort of sounds, you know, quite remarkable to hear when we're two years into this pandemic or, or more than that now. Um, and even before the pandemic, my own company, um, International Hospitality Media, that um, is the publisher for short-term rentals, we were predominantly a remote working company and, and still are. So in a way, it doesn't feel so mm -hmm. for us to be remote workers, digital nomads and, and work, work from anywhere. Do you see this honeymoon period as a, as a defined time period? H how long maybe do you think it will, it will last all the, before it becomes that new normal? Right, right. Well, you know, I, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, clearly, uh, this is not anything new. Uh, remote work has been going on clearly before the pandemic. What's changed is kind of the attitude, particularly from the corporate mm. uh, narrative, right? Where uh, you can actually add real uh, value or have high value roles in companies and still work remotely. Um, but also in terms of employee choice where during, you know, amid this kind of war for talent, now employers are uh, forced to kind of forced to offer uh, remote opportunities for individuals to acquire that talent when i say honeymoon phase the question is you know as this becomes the new normal as corporate becomes much more adept and uh you know uh skilled at um reaping productivity from this remote work model what will that mean for the individual and how will that individual need to adapt and i think that that's what is remain remains to be seen um you know in terms of uh, uh management structure uh, company management structures and techniques I'm not saying that it's going to be a bad thing i'm just saying that it'll i think look different where now it's more of like yay we can work you know, do the same thing we're doing, but remote, you know, but how will that, you know, nature of work change fundamentally as companies, uh, you know, align, uh, um, you know, kind of acclimate to this remote work model. And, you know, we're seeing that quite a bit as a, at extend team where we have, you know, small local operators and big ones, uh, you know, working hand in hand, side by side with team members in the Philippines, right? Um, very different uh, model. So, so uh, but, but natural, right? So for some reason it, it works and, uh, and uh, just, it's, I think it's, you know, becoming the norm. Um, but, uh, you know, new day, new problems, new challenges, new opportunities. 
Indeed, I think we wait with bated breath to see how it's going to pan out in the next few years and how that's going to affect all of us within the short-term rental industry. And looking ahead as well, when um, when we wrote when you wrote your first speech for us on short-term rentals, and we refer mm -hmm. it back to your um, accommodations workforce report as well, you offered some predictions for um, the travel season in, in 2022 and also what that means for urban and non-urban rental operators. How do you think it's, the situation has developed since then? What are, what are your predictions for what this means for, for our industry in general? Yeah, so that report, uh, let's see, I believe we put that out just at the very beginning of the year, right? And uh, one of my predictions, which uh, has become fairly clear is that COVID, in terms of the restrictions that it has created for uh, travel, but also in terms of uh, demand for urban areas, would start to go away uh, for various reasons. And I think that that's very much uh, the case. I mean, whether or not uh, you know, COVID kind of rears its ugly head again sometime, you know, in the fall or uh, winter months, uh, you know, is yet to be seen. But the what, what's really changed now is that urban areas have, I think, will really start to see this kind of renaissance, let's say, <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, kind of people, you know, over the last two years have been flooding out of the big cities, running from the germ and running from all of the you know restrictions that have been in place uh, that had you know kept people from living normal lives now it's like let's get back in there right let's get back into new york let's get back into london let's get back into chicago um some of these iconic cities i think will uh, clearly i think will um farewell um there have been terms of migration patterns been uh, those same cities have actually declined in population compared to some of the uh, cities in the south southern region you know austin texas nashville's of the world i've seen tremendous population gains clearly those are going to be uh you know markets to watch both you know for travel but also for individuals that are kind of traditional travel meaning like for a few days but also for individuals that are coming in for longer stays right for a month those remote workers that want to be part of that scene but i definitely would not discount uh, some of those iconic cities uh you know older cities that have still have a lot to offer opportunity-wise, economically, and uh, culturally, and as uh, the world kind of re-emerges out of this COVID scenario, we'll have, uh, uh, we'll have those digital nomads that have been, you know, hanging out on the beach or in the mountains, kind of coming out of the you know, out of their hiding spots and uh, coming back into uh, the big cities to reconnect with their professional networks, but also to kind of be where 
the action is right in terms of all of the uh, all of the things that we love about uh, the big cities. So I think that uh, from a predictions perspective, I think that that's definitely uh, starting to play out. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. Uh, um, and finally, Luke, how how can people actually access your report as well? Uh, that's a great question. You can go, uh, well, uh, clearly shorttermrentals.com. You should be able to find the feature there. Uh, also, uh, you can come visit extendteam.com. Uh, you can go to our insights page. That report is available there. Uh, and we'll continue to track what's happening uh, in the labor market in the United States is added context for the travel industry and the property management industry. Uh, uh, you're looking for you know, some, some uh, guidance in terms of what we can expect. I think those two uh, aspects are very much intertwined now with everything that's gone on with uh, how, uh, you know, work and travel has evolved and uh, uh, side by side. So, uh look forward to uh, publishing more uh, those insights on shorttermrentals.com as well excellent well thank you very much luke for joining me on today's podcast hope you enjoyed our conversation and also hope that we'll get to meet in person for the first time maybe at an industry event this year oh very much so paul thank you thanks for hosting me thanks for listening to this week's short-term rentals podcast and a big thank you again to Flywire and NoiseAware for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to shorttermrentals.com and sign up to our weekly e-newsletters.